How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Here to steal your thunder, your lightning, or whatever hockey pun you want to use at this current point in time because uh-huh. my native sport, Adrian, is doing its best to overshadow a big night in basketball tonight. We got breaking news popping off left and right, left and right, left and right, Golden Knights related, NHL related, and we're going to get right into it here in a hot second once this music rolls down because we got to take advantage of every damn moment in these segments today because we have an action-packed show today. Yeah, two hours yep. of just greatness. Yep. Adrian Hernandez, by the way, we ready to do this, Linz? Yes, I am Lindsey Brown, and let's open this bad boy up. It's time for the can opener. Okay. So let's start with the trade that just went down a few minutes ago involving your Vegas Golden Knights. Evgeny Dodonov, who was uh, traded but then not traded to the Anaheim Ducks at the deadline and ended up being one of the better players down the stretch, although no playoff anything for this team this year. That's okay. He was shipped up to Montreal for Shea Weber. Well, specifically Shea Weber's contract because Shea Weber's – ankle that was completely basically destroyed after that Stanley Cup run failed Stanley Cup run that the Canadians made last year at the Golden Knights behest essentially I mean they toppled him on the way there he's probably done for his career and so by getting Evgeny Dodonov off this roster thank you so much for your service my dude I'm sorry that you probably didn't have the best of times here uh but we're rooting for you uh, we'll check in three days, too, to make sure the correct. trade actually we'll goes, goes through, through, by the way. Correct. <laughs> Not doing this uh, again. This will save the Golden Knights $5 million in cap space. There's no salary retained on either side. Uh, I believe Shea, the- or Shea Weber's contract is worth $7.8 million. Like I said, there's there's when you have a, a long-term IR or like one of those certain distinctions for injuries, there's salary cap relief involved and so the gold knights get some necessary breathing room i where that number is at i don't really care at this point because it's june and they're not involved with the hockey that's being played so we got plenty of time to really figure out and honestly you got plenty of places to go for that because i'm not that type of hockey person if you want to go for vibes you want to go for flow you want to talk about the important stuff that's here that's here and so that's the trade that just went down um okay i i suppose it's bars also John Tortorella has officially agreed to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. This is just breaking in the last five minutes. Um, so that's new news. That probably puts Barry Trotz either in Winnipeg or someplace else, or maybe in no place at all, or maybe in management in some capacity, because it's not always an automatic that somebody just wants to go coach to coach. But 
in our case here in Las Vegas, Bruce Cassidy, it didn't take him very long to figure out that this is exactly what he still wanted to be doing. And uh, he had a lot of suitors lining up once he got the call from Don Sweeney from the Boston Bruins saying, we're not going to bring you back. Six days, I believe, is what yeah. it took for him yep. to find his new job. Not exactly like Bruce Boudreaux expediency, where he like literally took a nap and then woke up the head coach of the Ducks after <laughs> getting fired by the, the Washington Capitals. But but still uh, uh, an expedited process. And I was at the press conference earlier today. This is the right guy. This this is the guy, guys. Like this this is this is the coach that this team needs. And and it, I was sitting next to my buddy Eddie Ribkin, and and he said it to me right after the first question. He's like, "I've heard all of what I need to hear from this dude." And then it went on for another thirty or forty minutes. But I took some notes or at least some some um, keywords down, uh, and none of them are in like sentence structure or whatever. But he he strong emphasis on defensive structure, getting the getting pucks back, attacking in that way. Um, special teams emphasis, something that he's had success with, not just on the power play, but on the penalty kill as well. He said that the system will be goaltender friendly. wonder what that means. Um, focus on pushing pace because that is what the league is calling for these days. Uh, he, he talked a lot about, because people were asking him, I think the kind of sideways question about some of the things that have come out of Boston saying like he's not the best like young players coach because he's tough on them and stuff. And, and he talked about earning the spot in the league and earned rope and and ha- guys some guys having more earned rope than others and and still or having team that with ac- veterans right yep exactly and and with that comes a different level of accountability too but it's not always the coach that has to hold people accountable typically you want that leadership in the room to do that or you do that on the individual themselves like I hold myself to a standard um, but he's not looking for firewag in hockey he said attack multiple times. Uh, said that he's looking to revamp the power play in a way where it's four forwards and one defenseman, which I love. <laughs> and and really previewed, I, I think, a taking of uh, the keys out of the hands of the defenseman of this team running the offensive side. And I think that's very important because as, as I've talked several times on this program, our defensemen do too much. Specifically, Alex Petrangelo does too much. And so Bruce likes to run his power play lower in the zone. Bruce likes to have the forwards being the ones dictating the pace, dictating the movement, everything else. That has not been the case with this team the last couple of years, especially since, since Alex Petrangelo has arrived. And, again, we have all summer to get into the, the pros and cons of each. But, as I said, I could not be a bigger fan of this dude after one press conference than I am right now. And uh, I even I asked a question. I asked him about because um, I'm pretty sure the Boston Bruins are the only team that took initiative and were vocal about them as a team watching the Kyle Beach interview with Rick Westhead. And that's a pretty big deal when you're the only one that doesn't. So I asked Bruce, I'm like, so if this is the only team, what's as a coach, what is your role in fostering that that culture? And you kind of walk through it and and. It was a really solid answer. It was a, it was a great answer. And honestly, that's all I really need to know about this guy. Like, the hockey stuff is going to figure it out. He's clearly um, knows his stuff. He clearly has made relationships in this league, and he's found success. But know what is missing in this league is the humanity, it is that edge. And I know that a lot of players say that they don't like playing for him. But the thing is, is that sometimes the best thing for you is to play for a tough coach. Because they not only expect a lot of you, they expect a lot of themselves, and they hold themselves, like I said, to a higher standard. And I think that's exactly what this team needs. 
And I, I do have to ask, too, in terms of, you know, you talk about it all the time that how this organization has treated players mm-hmm. isn't isn't the greatest. So to have someone that places that importance on, no, we need to be good human beings yep. because that plays a part. But I, I do want to ask you with the history and how many coaches we've had. The, Three and six years? Yeah. the I guess the expectation level of this team and, and the responsibility and the burden that he's going to have. Because Damn high. Veterans, we, we got veterans. This isn't a young team. Yep. We failed the expectations this last season. So are, are we going to – I feel like I'm always asking this question, but this leash that this team's going to have with a new coach and him implementing the system. Yeah, I, I don't see why it would be any different than like a Stanley Cup or bust type of mentality, to be honest. And especially since young or uh, new coaches in uh, taking over teams has had recent success. I, I mean, I think one of the first questions was talking about – a cup in, in the first six years. That's something that Bill Foley himself made uh, a declaration for this team years ago. And, and, and Cassie's like, well, I guess we're sitting in, in, in year six, aren't we? And, and so he understands that. And no, and, and that's the thing is like, this isn't, it's a lateral move in a way because Boston is, or was a playoff team, but they're on the downswing. We're not, this is an injured team that had a hiccup, Right. And didn't have the voices in the room or the talent in the room to overcome that. There's no that that's not a crime. What what is missing, I think, that he will add. I, I think there's a little bit of a Herb Brooks edge in a way that get me to hate the coach so the players can bond together. Right? And, and like I said, I think Bruce Cassie will be be an instigatory coach. He will call people out. He will expect that. And he'll do and he'll have different things for different people. He he because uh, everybody has a different personality. You have to be played, though. You have but to form to... But ultimately, like, having a common enemy sometimes is the best thing for you as a team to rally around. I don't think he's going to be that... that um, I, w- I won't say he's galvanizing, but I, I think he's going to be able to throw enough S at the fan where people are going to have to deal with it and, and better for it, right? Competition breeds competence. Getting uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. And sometimes things are pains, you know... Uh, it's a pain in the ass to go through. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of, you know, no Miami. Pain, no with the Miami Heat, Eric Spolster, a lot of teams, a lot of players didn't like while they were there. And I know you've, you've spoke on this in the NHL and how some of these coaches are so rigid. Mm-hmm. And Spolster was the same way. But then when they get traded and go to another team, they're like, oh, so this is yep. why he wanted me to do this. Yep. And going on the flip side and trying to, number one, I know this was a good decision because I know the Golden Knights are hated. And a lot of the rest of the league and some of the fans are very quiet, are going like, damn it, they got a good one. Um, but I do hear some things. So I just want to clarify, in your opinion, with the Bruins and why it didn't work out. It was more of a situation that the roster that he was given didn't have the right tools for him to succeed, at least in these last Boston's couple years. Boston's top brass, he was a sacrificial lamb. That's what it was. And, and, they, and they saw a window to basically move on from it, and then they took it. And he said that they, two weeks prior to him getting letting go, they said that his job is safe, but they wanted to go in a different direction. And, and our, our benefit, obviously, but he, he doesn't strike me as a guy that's easy to play for. But again, I, I want to reiterate as someone who went through that in college, like we, I have a great relationship with coach Matthews now, and we had a decent relationship in college. I did not leave her office probably one time without being in tears. Because, but I needed that because I was a little bit of a handful. And 
it, it wasn't me, as I've said previously, like being self-destructive. It's just me trying to figure out how to be, how do, how do, how do I conduct myself? How do I get myself into a routine where I can rely on it, where I can get better? And she, and she said it to me, she's like, you figured out the school part first, and then you applied it to, to hockey. And, and that's where I think all of the different changes in the trades and all this other stuff that's gone on in this team, I think Bruce will, will offer that consistency. It's a hard edge. But it's one that's familiar. It's one that can be recognized. It's one that all these guys have played through at some um, level or another. Like, we've all played for an a-hole coach. We've all played for a pushover coach. We've all played for the coach that we drives us nuts, makes us cry. But at the end of the day, we are a better person because of them. And if it was this easy. Is, this is, yep. And, and then there's being a better person. There's being a better hockey player. I think Bruce can be can bring out both just based off of what I've heard and and – my initial kind of read on him, but things can change. I, I things can fail, but I wouldn't anticipate. I think this is the right play. I think I, I'm I'm really pumped for this team right now, and it's been a while since I've had like literal positive feelings about this hockey team. In, in terms of you and the, and the rest of the media that was there that was there covering the press conference, was that the kind of the the majority feeling? Within everybody of like, like okay, this I guy's- can't I can't really speak for anybody else's like feelings, but the guys that I. Like Steve Carp and Eddie Rivkin, and I, I talked to him, and uh, they agreed with me. I'm like, I don't think there's a better person to hire for this team. Like, who else are you going to get that's a better fit for a veteran-led team that has high expectations? Honestly, uh, the one thing I will say is, wasn't it Emily Kaplan who came out with a report that that Trotz got an offer? So oh, for him Sally. to get an offer, and then six days within Bruce being let go for him to be hired, it's kind of well, like, I, well, maybe. I don't know if you're you're making connections with things that I don't know if they fully happen because the Trots thing I think he just rejected that Philadelphia contract in the last couple of days for seven million. Oh, I, I thought that there was a report that Emily had had that that I, the Golden. I, I'm Knights. not Emily, so I don't. Yeah, true. I, I don't no, know. fair enough. But, but. I, I don't think I don't even know if Barry like interviewed here in person. That's the other thing. I they won't ever tell us. But it's it's one thing to talk on the phone over an interview versus yeah. getting bringing somebody in town. But I, I think. If, if Trotz wants to coach again, it's going to be in Winnipeg. That's where I, I'd peg him. But I, I think they were looking around and they had the they had the luxury of time and, and taking their time. And then literally like an angel came down and, and, and this happened because I, I don't think there anybody would have been able to really fit this puzzle piece quite like Bruce Cassidy is, or at least that I'm I'm kind of foretelling. But who am I to say? Good vibes for the Golden Knights what from Lindsay. What is like happening this. <laughs> right now? Also, last night, Stanley Cup Final Game 1, um, overtime win for the Colorado Avalanche. Had a 3-1 to one lead in the first period. How many times have we heard about Vasilevsky getting scored on three times in the first period? Not very often, but he was a little bit ahead on his timing and his saves, meaning he was just reacting a little bit too quick, so those rebounds were falling down that normally wouldn't. But as that game went on, and he was allowed to settle in, and, and that faith that the team has in him, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're able to claw their way back in that second period. All of a sudden, we're going 3-3 into the third, and it stays consistent all the way through. Physicality was there. We had plenty of power play opportunities. We saw a, a lot of really good play early from the Colorado Avalanche despite having so much time off. Um, but there are certainly moments where I, I wrote down here, uh, the Avs are doing a great job of Velcroing through the neutral zone, which means like skating with someone as their mark and not tripping them up, but being there with them and, and, and making sure that they don't have time or space to really do anything but stay moving. 
But then that changes when you have high zone turnovers or block shots. And that's where, I mean, we've talked about it all week and all playoff about what it takes to score at this stage of the season. Very few of them are clean. Most of them are dirty uh, grime fest rebounds in front or they're broken plays high in the zone on a block shot like the OT winner last night where you get the goalie to make their initial save that never gets there. But that's just a split second enough for that guy to make a pass across the zone. And, oh, look, wide open net for me. And Vassy almost still got it. But an unbelievable series um, setting up right now. And I hope it'll go seven games because if last night's game is, is any testament for what we're going to see, this is going to be a hell of a time. Yeah, a no, a time. You, you couldn't ask more as, as a fan of the sport to have it on ABC to continue what the playoffs have been for the yeah. NHL, which is madness. An overtime game. What more could you want? Absolutely. Uh, we we got to get moving because I know that our interview with Joe O went a little long today because, you know, we're so serious. We, we take it so seriously with Joe O on Thursday. So let's get to that hard-hitting sports conversation on the other side of the break. Oh, I'm for the bet. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 